Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Hope you're doing okay. This is Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church matters. I'm Forrest Hall, and I'm here with Charity Hall. I'm here with Charity Hall once again. Uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. Yes, I took another two weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the first week was because I was just extremely busy, and the second week was because even though I took a week off, the numbers of the last podcast wasn't where it needed to be, but it hit it there this week. That is not why you took the second week. It is. There's not enough people listening. I'm like, you, maybe they need to catch up. No, I'm just joking. I was, I was very busy, and uh, thank you for everybody that's been praying for me trying to keep me my spirits high my health where it needs to be while i take care of the things i had to take care of but we back we back i'm thankful to um philip who was on the uh podcast with me and charity was on the last one that we did the discontentment that one was the one before Mm-mm. it was the last one it was the last one yeah. i thought phillips was the last one nah phillips was before you and then we did It's the Discontentment. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't a subject people was interested in listening to. But it's a subject are they should. Down, guys. <laughs> Y'all should listen to it. Y'all are really letting me down. Yeah. I have a reputation to keep with force. And y'all really are just like. Yeah, I. Come on, Beautiful Charity fans, at hey. Beautiful Charity. Hey, man. Y'all listen to this. But um, anyway, thank you for coming back, Charity. we got a great topic today. Housekeeping is just simple. RealChurchMatters.com or just search Real Church Matters or tell Siri or Alexa, play the latest episode of Real Church Matters and they will immediately. Or subscribe and they'll... Oh, yeah, you can subscribe, too, and it'll give you a notification. You write a review. I appreciate those who've written reviews. Um, please, if you're not going to give me five stars, <laughs> you know, just please. If you're not going to give me five stars, you know, I don't know what to say. Other than obedience is audience. It's not about the stars because yeah. you are not the star. It's not about the stars and I'm not the star. But if you think about it, to go intentionally <laughs> and place one star because <laughs> it's not about the stars, but to know that someone had to go out their way to put one star. Yeah. It's interesting. That should be a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, I mean, it's... it's a Is bit, it anonymous? It's, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Everything's anonymous. Even the reviews are anonymous, but most people, they put their name or something close where I can say, oh, I know who that is. Right. Like, shout out to Suzanne. Like, blah, blah, blah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that one star is kind of crazy, though. 
Like y'all put one. Maybe side. it was somebody who doesn't know how to work technology and put one star by accident. Now it's by touch. So it's like the one is all the way to the left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know how it works. Yeah, yeah. And the I've five given is quite a few reviews. Oh, you have? Oh, it might have been her. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> All right, let's get to the the brass of uh, what is it, what do you call it? The brass tax. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. The brass tax. We get into the bottom line. Yes, let's we get, get to the it. bottom line. As I said, it's obedience over audience. But since I have an audience, let's get to it. This week, I wanted to ask Charity a question, a few questions, and uh, see where that takes us. I know that I wanted to um I wanted to ask you number one do you experience regret? Absolutely. Why do you say absolutely like that? <laughs> because you can like, absolutely. I mean I mean you're human. So I think that we are always in in a inner conflict about our actions, whether it was inspired by God or whether it was us just moving on our own. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I do look back in the past, and while I am content where I'm at right now, it was a a few things that I regret. Mm -hmm. Just a a few (laughs) I didn't have to go the long way. I could have took shortcuts. Well, not shortcuts, but you could have took the right way. The right way. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's interesting that you say that regret is a human experience. I think so. I I think so, too. I think that a lot of people would would be um, narrowed in their situation would think that they're experiencing something everybody else doesn't experience. Mm. And I just think it's important for us to take a moment and just echo what you're saying is that regret is a human experience. Mm -hmm. Why? Because as you experience your humanity and you've never been on earth before and you've never driven this body before. Mm -hmm. The first time I drove my car, I didn't know how sensitive the gas pedal was. (laughs) Pressed it too hard, almost killed myself. Didn't know how sensitive the brake was. Went to hit stop. Almost went through the windshield. You get used to the things and how sensitive things are and how to navigate those things. But in the midst of that, there's a lot of regrets. There's some dings and some dents on my car. It came from just me not being the better driver early on. And some of it just from thinking I was better than I was mm-hmm. till I was in a situation. You know, I'm saying just as simple as parallel parking. You, it seemed mm-hmm. easy until you get in the middle of D.C. Cars are hunking. And it's a lot of variables to that also, because while I can say that I was intentional about things, I cannot account for the things that happen around me. And and how to navigate those how on the to, fly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, 
instantly we're always making decisions to say something, to do something. And those are the times that I do carry the most regret because my instinct was to react in a way. Emotionally. Yeah. And that's part of us understanding how the bells and whistles to this little machine called humanity works is how to navigate number one, how our emotions. Mm-hmm. I think 99.9% of my regret comes out of my emotions. Mm-hmm. The 1% just come out of my ignorance. <laughs> There's some things I just had no clue about. <laughs> I just didn't know about. And I, I could have swore I knew, but I had mm-hmm. no clue. You know how they used to say on the real world, like, you think you know, but you have no idea. Mm-hmm. No, I did not have an idea. I could chalk most of that up to ignorance, but the rest of it is just emotion. It's how to navigate that human experience. And so I want to just touch on that part because I think that was so great that you said that. And then number two, what you said, which was um, good to me, is I'm trying to deal with what I know now as opposed to what I did then. Mm-hmm. And I consider that to be the 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 existential conflict of regret mm-hmm. <laughs> is the fact that you know more, but you did more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you like, oh my goodness, if I could go back and I could do this and I do that, and so you know th- that takes us to this next question: How do you deal with regret? Well, I think you reconcile it. Well, how did well, when I say how do you deal with regret? For me, yeah. How do you deal? With um, and if it was if it's changed over the years, then even talk about how it's changed. I, for me, it's always important to acknowledge it. Um, a lot of times, when when I was younger, which aided into my regret was me avoiding. Just the thought of something that I regret. Oh, out of sight, out of mind. Yes. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's no Real way that I'm going to even matters. think about this thing, yeah. let alone talk about it. Like, it, it just, it was easier for me to do it like that. Do you feel like that is healthy? No. Okay, so let's take a pause, though, <laughs> because some people would attribute the scripture, cast down every thought and imagination. It exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And they would say that when I put things out of my mind, I'm casting that thought down. No, no. Tell me the difference. Because casting it down is acknowledging the thought. And when you don't acknowledge it at all, you, you don't have power over it right. or authority over it. So let's do this correctly. I hate eating crabs mm-hmm. because it seems like I'm tossing more than I'm eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because once you break that thing down, you got it's little meat, it's little meat. But it was a lot of stuff, this waste mm-hmm. that you got to get rid of. Can't suck on it. Can't eat it. They, they tell you it's dead man here. It's mustard here. Boo boo. <laughs> it's just so much. I feel like I'm wasting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't match the effort. Mm hmm. Getting stabbed in the thing. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff. Hurting my teeth. <laughs> and the reality is, is I think that people don't know the difference between a memory and a thought. Mm-hmm. And what we saying is there's memories that you can't cast out. 
Mm-hmm. But there's thoughts attached to those memories that you have to cast out. Yeah. And I just wanted to, you, what you were saying is like, let's just create that distinction for mm-hmm. people so they know exactly what makes it healthy. Mm-hmm. It's nasty when you try to not remember. Right. It's healthy when you try to remember and say, I'm going to disassociate the thoughts and the feelings that are attached to this memory mm-hmm. because they don't own me. They don't, they don't get to tell me how to feel. Even when you are wrong, I don't know how many people listening or how many times in your regrets were you regretful for things that you did that were wrong. All the time. Because there's people who who regret stuff and it's just like, I regretted taking that job. Shouldn't have took that job. (laughs) Didn't know those people. The boss was nasty. Shouldn't have bought that car. That type of stuff. No, I've Half of my regret, well, I would say 30% of my regret was when I was wrong. And then the other part is when I knew I needed to do something right and, and chose didn't. not to. Mm, which is a same, it's a wrong, but it's a different type it's of wrong. It's a different type of wrong. It is, it is. And I want to touch on both of them. But for the people who are like me, and the majority of your regret is the things that you did to people. You, there's no excuse for it. There's no <laughs> rationalization. <laughs> there wasn't even a rationalization at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some people be like, it seemed right at the time. No, it was wrong at the time, wrong every time after that. Mm-hmm. And dealing with that weight, that level of regret, tell me how you would talk to somebody like me about how to deal with that. Well, first of all, I tell you not to carry that. Like, you have to acknowledge it and then release it. If you keep on harping on it. Releasing what part, though? Releasing the the attachment to it. Like, we can, you can still know that you did that. Learn from the fact that you did that. Even if you want to go back and find a person and apologize to them, you can do that too. But the part that holds you into a a cage, you need to release that. All right. And what part do you think holds people in a cage? When you refuse to forgive yourself. Like you have to say, you know, I did that. I had knowledge that that was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was a messed up person for doing that. Yeah. But if I were to do it today, it would be a different way. Right. And it's one of the things that I'm thankful that you're sharing this. And I wanted to bounce it off of somebody because there's a, there's a, a way that I've learned to deal with things. And I always want people to know that we arrive to the same place, even though we're different people. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that helped me was a scripture mom shared with me. It's Philippians three thirteen. She said, brothers, I know I got scriptures today. <laughs> don't I? <laughs> <laughs> brothers, I do not consider that I've made it on my own and nor do I. Um, there are there are very few people who know the total force. Force has been alive for 40 years. Mm-hmm. There are very few people that know me. Or that we are around. Mm-hmm. That know me before 19 years old. Mm-hmm. 
most of the people, because we moved. So most of the people that know me from. They don't know the second half of your life. Yeah, they don't know. The people in Baltimore know from up to 19. Mm -hmm. The people up here know from 19 up to 40, which is basically 21 Mm -hmm. years of. Half and half. (laughs) Of this walk, of Mm -hmm. a struggle walk with Christ. But that first 19 years was a very indignant refusal to even entertain God mm-hmm. and to deal with the darkness and the, the thoughts and all of that stuff that it, bef- it dealt with. Anyway, the reality is, is that y'all only know half of me. Right. So they can see one part. And I love that part of scripture. Cause he's like, I don't want you to consider this who I am or that I've made it on my own or that this is how it's always been. Mm-hmm. That's news to them. But it's something I have to deal with as well because I look at myself in the mirror every day and say, You are filthy. Who in the world mm-hmm. is this? Because this is, even in the present mind, even the way I think off to myself is totally different than the force 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, even I'm the main person to tell people, like, we still the same person. But there's some awarenesses, there's some growth that has happened. Some life. There's some life that's been lived <laughs> that makes it so I don't even identify right. with the person 21 years ago. Like I don't even, like I don't recognize him. If I sat in a room with him, I would not want to hang with him. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that dichotomy in and of yourself feels a little disjointed. Mm-hmm. It's a dissonance almost. It's like when I look at old pictures. I have to remember to love that person. Mm-hmm. You know, because you like, I don't know what I was thinking back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't appreciating even the person I look in the picture and see. I'm like, man, I'd love to be that size now. <laughs> but I hated, you know, my appearance. I hated a lot about. You saying that it, it makes me think about Paul and how he had to confront all of the things that he did prior to coming to the realization of Jesus. Yeah. And the very people that he slaughtered. He had to stand before. He had to stand before. And help. And and walk with. And that had to be like a heavy weight to, to acknowledge all the things that you used to do. Yeah. And still have boldness to... Proclaim something new yeah. in front of those very people. You know what? And that's why I love that he wrote this. Because the reality is that it can sound a little bit obtuse or offensive to people who knew you before. Mm-hmm. Because you're saying, ah, something happened on the way to Damascus. I ain't the same. <laughs> and these people are like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> You look the same. I feel like I should run. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little scared. I, you look the same. You sound the same. But what you're saying is different. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is different. And time helps with that, but not for the person. And people think that we are cool with that. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you think you 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 this, you that. It's like, nah, I'm trying to convince myself I'm this and that. Yeah. Every single day. Because I remember Believe me, whatever level of awareness you have of me, it's times a thousand. Absolutely. Because I am the person. Yeah. 
Yeah, I am <laughs> so the person. You can't. You can't say that I'm not thinking about these things. Yeah, because it's always on my mind. Yeah, it's one of the confusing things about even when people go get go to jail for things. Like somebody went to jail for murder and he got out in 20 years, and the family's like, he shouldn't get out. <laughs> it's like he killed our loved one. They're gone. We only took 20 years of his life. Now he's back out on the street. He killed somebody when he was 19. He's out on the street. He just turned 40. He still got a lot of life to live. Mm-hmm. And it's like, those are the things that I'm dealing with both sides of it. As the person, you're dealing with the person who says he shouldn't be able to just be free like that. Mm-hmm. And the person who's like, how in the world do I function now that I'm free? And it's that thing. And that's why I love Paul. And I love what he says. But one thing I do, he's like, he's telling us like, the one thing I make sure I do is I forget what lies behind. Mm. And I love how he said what lies behind. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm not forgetting me or anything or any person that I've done wrong. I'm forgetting what was done because it's not a part of me. Like you were saying. Mm hmm. It's it's lying there. And and you know the funny thing is people hear the scripture all the time and they never hear it in a way that it relates to them. Yeah. They always hear the scripture, but it doesn't connect. Yeah. And I think that it's important for us to understand. Like this is very relative. It's very relative and we should also, the important thing about these podcasts is that the scriptures have a place in conversation, but the scriptures are not conversation pieces. Mm-hmm. So people try to sit with scripture and be like, read the scriptures to somebody like, now tell me what you think about that. <laughs> I, sister, I don't know. What do you think about it? You the one who wanted to say it. <laughs> you got it to say. And then they, be, they leave and say, you know, I was sharing the word with my family. <laughs> No, what you did was recite something and treat it like you're playing categories. Like, that's not what we're doing. You have to show how the scripture relates to you. Mm -hmm. And this scripture jumps off the page to me because I had to learn to forget Mm -hmm. what is dead. Mm -hmm. I can't forget what I've done. I just got to forget what I did. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense to people. Mm -hmm. Because we have dealt with people we wish we didn't. We have hurt people we wish we didn't. Mm -hmm. We've gone places we wish we didn't. We've said yes to things we wish we said no to. Mm -hmm. We've done all this stuff. But guess what? That moment is gone. It's dead. Mm -hmm. Every single time it's a today, you're dealing with the death of a yesterday. He's forget every yesterday and press forward, strain forward. He even says straining just because we know that this is a, this takes effort. Take effort to strain forward when the constant death of yesterdays add up and mount up in your heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I thought I was dealing with regret at 19. But I ain't seen nothing when I t- 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 tack on another 21 years mm-hmm. of yesterdays. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it ain't even the yesterdays where I did something. It's the yesterdays where I didn't. It's the yesterdays where I missed opportunities. Those be hurting. And opportunities is tricky because sometimes people think they miss opportunities because somebody told them that they missed it. 
sometimes you realize you miss opportunities because you were more talented than you gave yourself credit for. And so you didn't move in that talent. Mm. You didn't move in those abilities. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate that we don't talk about this stuff more. And I feel like, um, you know, for as, as much people who go to church, we don't, there should be more people who sit and have conversations. I feel like, Sometimes I, I would be better served to, to help myself by just sitting in an AA meeting. I was about to say, we're, we're taught to disassociate. We're taught to, um, to kind of forget it, forget it, not even forget it to take no thought to it, to act as if it never happened, yeah. which causes a lot of inner conflict. Because you lived it, regardless of whether you yeah. you can tell your mind not to address it or not, you lived it. Yeah. So if your mind don't bear the scars, your body do. Right. And I think that's a very real thing. Yeah. And we need to, in the church specifically, find ways to just have conversations Yeah. that will help people walk through those walk things because it's such it's the process I'm forgetting and I'm moving forward that takes help I got to support each other we got to talk it through it's okay to tell somebody somebody should feel comfortable saying this is what happened mm-hmm. and you like hey man that's fine let's move forward mm-hmm. they don't get to do that people don't get to do that because if I tell you what I did then you're going to define me by what I did. Mm-hmm. Man, now I'm stuck. Now I have to figure this out on my own. Mm-hmm. Now I have to struggle through it on my own because I'm not given that space to forget and move forward. Mm-hmm. Even, even to the point where he says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And one of the things that I want to make sure that we talk about in this idea of moving past regret is you can only move past it. If you're moving towards something else, something else, Mm -hmm. and you have to move towards something with intention. And that thing is God. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to run from my past. So would you say that God is the, the press? He is what we're pressing towards. Yeah. In that intention. What, yeah, yeah. It yeah. gives you the, the ability to. Yeah, because you're trying to get it, to something. It takes effort yes. to press. So you're trying to get to something. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it like when you feel a kid pulling away from you. Mm-hmm. You can look and then immediately the parent will look to see what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're trying to get to that. <laughs> no, you can't have that. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to deal with the press because to just let them go, then they're going to whatever they're your heart was geared towards mm-hmm. when my heart was geared towards just forgetting. Then I'm not moving with intention. Right. I'm running away. Mm-hmm. I'm not running to anything. When people pack their things up and leave States mm-hmm. trying to run from their past, mm-hmm. I'm my name. No good in this town. Mm-hmm. You right. It's not <laughs> all right. Go to Atlanta. <laughs> I understand. Go to L.A., go to wherever. You don't need a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. You need a change of perspective. Real church matters. Bars. 
But but that's the reality is, is that I spent a majority of my younger years just trying to run from force and trying to keep people away from force. Because mm-hmm. if you're not running towards God, then you're not running towards change. So you are afraid of you just as much as anybody else is because, you know, if I did that, Lord knows what else I can do. <laughs> that's the way I, th- I t- thought of myself as like not the person who sees himself as a monster, but the person who's like, like more like Jack, Mr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. It's like, you just like, get away from me. I don't know when the next time I'm going to turn. You don't know what triggers you because everything's emotional. Yeah. So you don't know the next time you're going to get angry. No more than you know, the next time you're going to get horny or excited or mm-hmm. you don't know, you don't know what triggers you. Cause you're, you're, you literally live life from trigger to trigger. Mm. Ding, Real ding. church matters <laughs> and one of the things this guy I love when people who, who have been through something say something and so a guy who used to drink he said he spent all his college years drunk and he said I just started I, somebody asked why he stopped and he's like well I stopped because I said if anything else in my life caused me to feel this way I would never do it again mm. if I ate food that made my head hurt it made me throw up. <laughs> he said, if, if I went and got on in a car and after I got out the car, my head was spinning. He's like, I would never drive. I'd be like, it's something wrong with me. I can't drive. Mm-hmm. He said, but this one thing, it's like, we allow ourselves this space to say, I had a good time. What did you do? I really don't even know. <laughs> I blacked out. I blacked out. Or I do remember, I was, but I had throw up and then it was like, it was good for a second. Then it got bad. And when it got bad, it got real bad. And then, you know, it's kind of better and my hair hurts and I'm tired. Who wants that? But he's like, I, I don't try to stop people from drinking. He's like, I got tons of friends who remember that time and they party and they like, they miss me. But I'm like, did you miss me when I was in the toilet? Did you miss me when I was... You had to drag me into my house. What part did you miss? Because we can have the part you missed. Mm -hmm. We can sit and talk anytime you want. We can go to any party or whatever. We can do it without alcohol. Right? So that's the thing that I think that the way I look at sobriety is even I'm when I think of all the things that I did out of my desire Mm -hmm. I am a person who's working through sobriety absolutely (laughs) (laughs) I agree I agree every every day I I often feel like when you are consumed by anything you are under the influence yes like when you are consumed by lust or consumed by greed or consumed by anger, it you are no longer in your own ability. Right. You're under the influence of anger. You're under the influence but Chad, of just a tricky part is people will say they're not that because they're not that all the time. Yeah, but you <laughs> that's the thing. When you are under the influence of a substance, you aren't that all the time. Right. So that's why they say I'm not an alcoholic. 
They're like, why are you not alcoholic? Because I cannot drink. Yeah, I know. But when you do. When you do, you're not in control. You're not in control. You can't hold your liquor no more than people can hold their emotions. Mm-hmm. We're not good with our emotions. <laughs> I, I would say I flow off the handle with just a sip of emotion before. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and look back and was like, that person really didn't even press a button. Like what they said wasn't that wild for me to go to left like that. Yeah, that was a. And then to know that there's times where people have gone to the total with me. (laughs) But because I was feared for my life, I was like. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow I was able to maintain that emotion. Yeah, because you know what? If what emotion consumed you? Fear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is, is that that is always emotional driven. Yeah. It's always, it has to be to the point where I'm able to subdue myself, not out of the grips of fear, but out of the reality of I reverence God. And that's what drive the driving force of, freedom from regret is is that we are driving towards something greater than us yeah not running away from us because you can't run away from you no it's like i was watching this prank and they hooked a string to a man's belt and then had like a fake snake <laughs> so he turned around he sees snake he just goes off running turns around every time he's turning around he still see that thing wiggling he don't know he's going to be going there for a long time because that snake ain't going nowhere. It's hooked to you. <laughs> so he just was running and fell over and stuff. It just was hilarious. But in the end of the day, it's a lot of people running from everything but themselves because they can't. You can't leave you. You can move out of Maryland. And guess what's in that bag, too? You. As soon as you get to Atlanta, guess who's greeting you? <laughs> you. And I'm saying Atlanta because not because a specific person, but because everybody and their mama seem like they're going to Atlanta. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, making a funny day for in case somebody's listening. Like, what they call it? The new, know? the new chocolate city. Yeah, it is. It's definitely Chaco, chocolate. <laughs> but the, the reality is, I couldn't run from myself. Where nobody's fast enough to run from themselves, and a, a lot of time we even get caught up in using this scripture as it relates to people. So people bring us up our past and we like forgetting that, forgetting, 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 forgetting. It's like, I was about to say, listen, people ain't our issue. No. People fan the flames, but the fire is what you got to put out. Mm-hmm. Real Bars, church matters. It <laughs> that explained it because you know it when we were trying to talk about the parts that you have to keep with you and the parts that you have to leave behind you i think the the analogy of a fire is perfect because you know there's smoke there's flames and then there is the inhalation and all, all the yeah, other, all the elements other, that other feed things. to it. Yeah. So I I think that that's the perfect. Yeah, and it's funny cuz they tell you oxygen 
is what keeps a fire going the most. Mm-hmm. And then you, what are people pushing out of their mouth when they talking? Yeah. <laughs> and people will tell you things. And it gets to the point where you start resenting anybody who remembers you at that point, point in time. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part about even when devastating things happen in marriages mm-hmm. and stuff is because everybody around you during the time you regret becomes the enemy. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate because you start to blame people yeah, and it really ain't them. <laughs> I started to turn on my family and started to re- resent and regret them because they reminded me. And you start trying to get away from anything that reminds you of you, but you can't get rid of the thing that actually is reminding you of you, which is you. Which is you. It's you. You can't escape you. You can't escape you. And I, it's, I'm going to tell you something, guys. Some things in life, I just was sharing this with somebody, some things you have to learn to deal with. You got to know the game and understand the game and learn how to excel in it. And one of the things you can't control is what people say out their mouth. We can't. We can't control how people see us. I still fight that. Sometimes I feel like people are treating me based on the person they knew two years ago. (laughs) And I'm not that person no more. And it's hard for people to realize you're not that person. Because they ain't supposed to. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, that's an experience. It's not a conversation. It's not a conversation. They ain't (laughs) supposed to. Some people going to spend the rest of their life trying to figure out why you not the way you were 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. He changed. Mind you, this is decades now. I don't know. He just different. That's them. That's how they got to deal. You can't change them. Yeah. You have to accept some things. We don't want to accept things, Charity. No, it's it's also a thing where we don't, a lot of people, I don't know, there are some people who are um, prone to change, but a lot of people don't like change. So while, I would say everybody and what we see and witness is people who seem to be more chill with the changes that we are not so chill with. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> Cause there, I've seen people like move with the change that I have struggles with, and then they struggle with change that I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Like you move me in different certain situations, I'm like, I get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> I really can, but then you see some people, you can't take them higher. Mm-hmm. Like it really scares them. Mm-hmm. Like it paralyzes them. I've dragged people to situations that could have got them better and watched them literally crash and burn crash almost like it was the movie Baps and they went to a fancy restaurant. <laughs> C-E-O. C-E-O. <laughs> like you say somebody like I'll have the pico de gallo and it's like well it's not gallo it's, it's, it's pico de gallo the double L's sound like Silent. That. They sound like a J or a Y in Spanish. But the reality is, is that even if they feel like they kind of a fish out of water, they like put me back in the water. You're like, that's dirty water. This is just fresh <laughs> water. Don't I, don't, I don't care. Put me back where I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that is not me. You put me somewhere better. And I'll be like, hey, I'm scared, 
but I can get used to this. The air is cleaner here. <laughs> I'll figure it out. My lungs are are enjoying this, so I, I, the rest of my body will follow. We will, we will maintain. We will, we will handle it. I'll take it from here. Just give me some time. But the reality is, not everybody's like that. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. It's like navigating that change. It's always a self experience, and we never have to be the tour guide for other people to our change. <laughs> like, That's a good one. I'll, I'll, oh yeah, it is. Real change <laughs> matters. But uh, but I've done that before, mm-hmm. where I'm like, "Welcome to the new forest." <laughs> I know you love what I've done with the place. So, so over here, there used to be a person who was nasty and would snap at you for no reason. He doesn't do that anymore. So it's like it's new. It's like no. And then all of that is. It's hard to sustain because that's not really you. So you're burning yourself out quickly in this new force. Trying, trying to, to prove. overcompensate. Yes. Trying to prove that you're new instead of walking people into not a finished place, but a renovated mm-hmm. place. I want to, if I and give I you a tour. I don't have to explain or, or give you a tour. I don't have to give you no tour. But if I did, I would say. I took out a couple walls. <laughs> yeah, I know it still looked like a mess, but I promise you, I, I got a plan. Mm-hmm. I got a plan. It's, it's going to work out. But that's why we don't take people through processes. Mm-hmm. You say half the time you can't even show. I can't show my clients work halfway. They just don't see the vision. Right. The same way you probably can't even show somebody the the middle of their face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you just working, cause it's like, I do. I don't care. And they be like, you going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to look good when it's finished. <laughs> but they get scared. <laughs> they do, but I'm just like, Child. at the barbershop, I don't even look in the mirror. I try not to catch it. When he swing me around, I close my eyes. <laughs> cause I already know I'm going to get scared. I'm going to start you to gonna panic. I'm panic. And I'm asking questions like, Hey, you, you good on this? <laughs> Is everything Okay. I don't need to see the process. The process scares us. Why are you like this? <laughs> but the pro- the process scares us. It puts us in a it bad. Do- it the process. The process is is. It's is already scary. scary for me. Imagine how scary it is when you try to introduce other people to it. Mm-hmm. I'm a new person in Christ. He's doing some tr- crazy things. I need to stay in the cocoon because these things can't be seen by people because it will disgust them. Mm-hmm. It will. You don't cut the cocoon open because the per the the caterpillars goo. Mm. Literally, like I've said this before in the podcast, but I'll say it again because we always get new listeners. If you research about cocoons, the caterpillar literally breaks down to goo. It's one of the crazy things about their metamorphosis is that at a cellular level they break down to goo, only to form back together into a solid, a butterfly. You cut that cocoon open, they spill out. It's disgusting. So many times we try and introduce people into a process that's very ugly. Mm -hmm. I'm working out some things on a daily basis. Nobody needs to know. Mm -hmm. I don't even like when people say I speak my mind. That's not true. No. We do not speak our minds. I tell people I am probably one of the most filtered people. Everybody is. And and people always say, oh, you're very um, meticulous and calculated with what you say. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you are. And they'd be like, I don't like when people be like, it's a PC culture. You can't even say what you want. You're not saying what you want. Even the person who say, I keep it real. You ain't saying everything you want. No. The brain goes through filters, throw so many thoughts and emotions on a seconds in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. If you said everything, that's why that movie liar, liar was so funny, but it's like <laughs> this movie couldn't exist. This is no way this movie could be PG 13 and have a person who cannot lie. <laughs> and they tried to toe the line a little bit, but still it's like, now, nah, if I had to say everything that come to my mind, yeah, folks would judge you. Because it's not about what mean you say. Sometimes it's just the thoughts you have about yourself. Yeah. Thoughts you have about situations. Thoughts you have just about. About people that you love. About you love. <laughs> you genuinely love these people. And a thought will come to your head like, that joke ain't worth, ain't worth nothing. But you say that and then you be like, yes, he is. Yes, he is. I'm just, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. That's why we got to be careful. Be like, I don't know how they ended up with somebody. <laughs> somebody. That's somebody true. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and I love this person. I love this person. But it's like um, this young lady, she posted a picture of herself. And she said, I don't usually post pictures of myself because I'm shy and anxious. And when I saw her picture, I said, no, you're not shy and anxious. You don't post pictures of yourself because you feel ugly. I know you feel ugly. I didn't say it to her, but I'm thinking to myself, it's like, man, she's not even being honest. She's not posting pictures because she's comparing herself to the other P faces she see. And her face isn't the definition of beauty. So it's not shyness. It's not anxiety. Because if you look like them, you wouldn't be shy or anxious. Never seen a beautiful person by the world standards. When I say beautiful, I'm talking about in the world, society's people. society standard of beauty, not God's standard. Never seen a beautiful person. Somebody look like Tom Cruise or something. And they like, I'm a little shy. No, it doesn't work that way. People know who they are in relation to the world, but they don't know who they are in relation to God. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure somebody was like, what is point does this make? <laughs> That's the biggest thing is that I had to realize the ugliness I seen in myself is not the way God see me. Mm. And when I realized that I was able to free myself of the regret. Yeah. You're redeemable. I'm redeemable because I'm not judging me. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried. I wish we could have a podcast about people judging us, but they not really judges. They are more jury members. Yeah. In the courtroom where you're the judge. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why when they say something that hits with you, you throw the gavel down and say they're correct. But you can choose to. To say they're not. Yes. You can say, Jory, we had enough of you. We're going to go ahead and recast another Jory because you guys are not. You're biased. And that's the way we can move. Mm-hmm. But we don't move that way when we are already cast the same verdict on ourselves. Yeah. I'm ugly. So somebody comes and say, you about to ugly something. You're like, see? I knew it all along. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that in talking like this, it's a fine line to make sure that we encourage people to see themselves through God's eyes, not just through delusion. 
Mm-hmm. I don't, if I had kids and I don't, so I try to practice with my nieces and nephews, but I don't want them to live in delusion. I don't want to tell them, no, baby girl, you are, you are smart. If I know that they need to work on stuff, I'm going to say, this ain't going to cut it. This is not your strength. It's not your strength. Right. We We can work on it. So while they calling you dumb, I'm not going to reverse that and say you smart. I'm going to say you're not dumb because you have the capacity and the ability to move in a certain way. Mm -hmm. If you didn't, then we can have another conversation. So a kid coming home and saying somebody making fun of me because I'm deaf. You're deaf. I'm going to go ahead and hit Jesus after dark. I hit the Jesus after dark for that. But the, 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 the reality is, is that we help people when we place them firmly in reality and show them how God sees that reality. Right. You're deaf, just like they said. But the thing you don't understand is that that is not a mistake. That's how you were created. Mm-hmm. And you need to find the beauty in it, mm-hmm. even if they don't. And my job and our job is to help young people see the beauty in who they are. The sus- the sustainable usefulness that God has for them, not what the world has for them. For sure, because it's, it's too different. Even the best compliment the world gives beautiful people is to use them. <laughs> that's that's facts. facts they they see facts. a beautiful girl and they like, come here so I can ruin your whole life. <laughs> I love you so much. I think you're so amazing that I want to ruin your life. Mm. I want to saddle you down with kids. I want to, I just want to put you in the most selfishly intent purposes that I can find for you. It's no different than going to the store and buying a chicken. And you got talking about with the plans you got with that chicken on your way home. <laughs> you call everybody like, Hey, I'm about to make some chicken salad. I'm going to make some, some um, cutlets. I'm going to do a lot with this chicken. And they like, ooh, we can't wait. And it's no different than them guys. They be like, found a girl at this club. What you going to do? We about to do that. Do, do, do that. <laughs> they ain't sitting there like, we, I'm trying to understand her, find out what her usefulness for God is and what really she likes and what she doesn't like and how we can help each other and encourage each other in the faith and in the space where she can grow into finding her usefulness to give back to this world. Mm-hmm. No. I want to see what she's willing to do for me mm. and how far she's willing to go for me. And it's vice versa for those people who listen to me say something to say, that's for men too. <laughs> Everybody's a user, but that's what the world's job is. The world's business is using. Mm-hmm. Capitalist. Everything. And they, I don't even like when people, people be like, we destroyed the world. If I'm not mistaken, everybody uses the world. <laughs> Just because the the uh, indigenous people killed buffaloes and said, to respect the buffalo, we would use every part of it. You still killed a buffalo. <laughs> He's not here anymore. So you, just because you're wearing his skin and you have a belly of his meat, and you use his horns as <laughs> weapons. You have your horns on his head. Jesus after dark. Forgive us. But the reality is, is that 
it's no it's no slight to the indigenous people or anybody else. At the end of the day, the land was meant to be subdued. So to stop, let's cut the stuff for people like we're killing the earth. It's uh it's a resource. It's a resource. You're supposed to use it. Are we moving too fast with it? Probably so. We probably cut down more trees than a little bit on a daily basis. Probably cut down more than we, we plant. See, this is the thing about natural resources. They have to be replenished. They have to be replenished. So we should be fighting to replenish it, not to not. You got people, they basically eating, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what they're eating. Because they refuse to eat anything from this earth. No. Except for plants. Yes. And I don't know why plants <laughs> Animal did. byproducts. And I know plants are sitting somewhere like, Slam, we was fine for so long. <laughs> and now, now y'all going to eat us up. But the reality is, like, it's so many nuances to this stuff. I just feel like at the end of the day, we got a world that's ready to protect the inanimate objects more than the living things. And I want to make sure that I timestamp this as we close out this podcast because we touched on regret. But I want to say something about the Haitian people that y'all saw getting whipped. <laughs> Forrest, you about to not be popular. <laughs> no. This is an unpopular. No, no, it's not. It's not unpopular. It's what? Well, you, you're, you don't know what I'm about to say. But the reality is, is that when we see the injustices in the world, I'm noticing that there's two types of people. And that's why I want to bring this up. There's people who are sharing these images. Mm -hmm. And then there's people who say, I don't want to share these images Mm -hmm. because I don't want to glorify or or cause trauma to people. Mm -hmm. I don't want kids to see men on horseback whipping Haitian refugees. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, Y'all got to make up your mind. Mm -hmm. So are we going to show people what's happening in the world? Are we not going to show them? And if we are going to show them, what are we showing them for? Right. Because the reality is, is that we need to have an understanding. And this is kind of what I touched on earlier. You need to know the game Mm -hmm. so you can play the game with the win in mind. I agree. However, it's almost like the Matrix, right? You can see these images and still not see the images with with the sight to with awareness to do something or have a compelling on you. Yeah. So while I think that the media has evolved over years. It has desensitized people. The same with Christianity. I think that the more we hear about God, the more we hear about Christ and mainstream, it has desensitized the power of believing in him. And so those images of Christians and, and mainstream that we see. And I know this, I, I'm taking this to a different no, no, go ahead. place. But 
I almost feel like we have to present people with a blue or red pill and recalibrate them. So here's the thing, though, Charity. People are are at a point where they're like, what are they supposed to do? And then they go from thinking like that. And I'm watching these people on social media can literally go through this thought process. <laughs> yeah. They go from, we got to do something. They think about it. They don't say this part. They realize there's nothing they can do. Mm-hmm. So then they switch to, what Anchor. is the church going to do? Uh-huh. And then they think about the church and they like, perfect. Now I get to sit on my horse and whip them. Mm-hmm. Because they should be doing something about this mm-hmm. with all the money they get, with all this, with mm-hmm. all that. And I just want to ask people, just everybody who's un- in listening to this, if there's nothing you can do, what can you do? Because it, it, when I say if there's nothing, if, you, if there's nothing you could do to directly help those people in their present moment mm-hmm. under that bridge mm-hmm. with nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And I wish you could march to Washington and say, put them in a Western end right now. But you can't. And at this present moment, (laughs) at this present moment on Wednesday, September 22nd at 737 p.m., they are still in desperate need of help. Mm -hmm. As I sit on this podcast as someone is sitting right now, probably during dinner or on social media, typing up the world's most awesome activist post <laughs> that they can't live in. Or raising money and awareness, quote unquote. For money that those... they will never touch those people in the present situation exactly. pockets. It just won't. Because... The reality is, and I'm not saying that people, could, when you say this stuff, they say, so what are you supposed to do? Just give up? <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> an Eeyore Christian. <laughs> so there's nothing we can do. We just wait for the rapture. <laughs> Jesus, take the will. Don't run us off the road. Yeah. I guess you're going to tell me to just pray. <laughs> thoughts and well, prayers. actually, yes. Thought, Prayer works. <laughs> thoughts and prayers are not like policy. We need policy change. <laughs> we should have our own January 6th. <laughs> Storm the Capitol. I'm just telling you guys, if you see that the world is functioning a certain way, and you see that your reach is very limited, mm-hmm. then I would ask you to look to the hills from what's coming for your help. Now, everybody's reach is unlimited, but... Most of the people under the sound of these two voices yeah. <laughs> can't do a doggone thing. What I'm saying is, but somebody you, you could try, and I would love for some people to to try. Like I would love for you to take a flight down there to the Del Rio border and try to save them. Well, coming from a person who has taken flights down to Haiti, <laughs> no, they're here. I know they're here, but what I'm saying is, with all my my 
well-meaning intentions, I got a firsthand lesson. Did our arms are too short to box with God? Exactly. That's it. That's all. And I'm not telling you not to box. I'm just telling you find an opponent. So for those people who say, I'm just going to focus on writing to my senators and stuff like that, there you go. You do that. Mm-hmm. You go do this. You do that. But always move in a direction to help. Never see that you can't hit how you want to and then turn around and start swinging on other people. <laughs> exactly. That doesn't help anything. That's counterproductive. It's counterproductive. And I'm noticing a lot of activists do this. Mm-hmm. They realize they, they, have, they no, have to find someone to blame. Yes. Someone. Someone to direct the the. I, I don't know, the following. Yeah, because yeah. you sitting on Instagram and fussing at other people who are literally sitting at home <laughs> trying to make it work themselves, and you're like, we should be doing something. Or, or, telling us about Biden does nothing. <laughs> now everybody want to turn on the very people they voted for. That's the crazy part. And it didn't matter who you voted for. This still would happen. This still would happen because the system is created. Mm-hmm. To the, in a way that is conducive to the elements of this world. Mm-hmm. This world will always beget heartache. So when y'all sing songs like this land is your land, this land is my land, from California to New York Island, this land was not made for you and me. It wasn't. This system was not made. And ain't many systems that was made for the people that are in the system. So go talk to the people over in the other countries because they're not having a good go of it either. <laughs> Everybody's struggling in the system they're in. And everybody in the system they're in want to come here. Because this is the best of the worst. It is. It's just unfortunate. But I just wanted to drop that in there. I thought we had a great conversation about uh, regret. And I don't regret this extra portion. This is a little bonus But what I realized is that um, While we were talking and It's just It kept running in my head Like The reason why we regret so much Is because we want Things to be better And we gotta understand Things are what they are Yeah I wish I moved better But things are what they are (laughs) (laughs) They are what they are Mm Mm-hmm some of y'all, you like, I can get out of this town. I keep running into people that I wish I didn't sleep with. Things are what they are. They really are. It's okay. That person don't have no power over you. There are no soul ties. Hello? <laughs> Jesus after dark. There's no soul ties, guys. What your soul is tied to is the experience, and you should let it go. Because it ain't that deep. It's not that deep. Hurry, Mary. <laughs> we not... gonna sign off on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they they talk about this stuff, and when you work when you work up, you work up people in a way mm-hmm. that's just it gives a, a too much meaning and too much emphasis on something that doesn't have to like it's you're putting you're putting your energy in the wrong place. You were placing too much value on those experiences. And then there's other experience. Like I ran into somebody and they was like, do you remember me? <laughs> and I was like, no, where would I remember you from? And he's like, we uh, actually, you did work for my company and I was in the room and I was, 
Bro, if you wasn't the person to sign the checks. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't you. remember you. I'm not checking for who doesn't sign checks. <laughs> but I, how are you? It's, it's good. I made an impression on him. He didn't make one on me. It's okay. We go on with life. I feel like every experience in this human form is that way. Mm-hmm. So just because all of a sudden y'all had sex, is no different than me being in that meeting with that guy. Mm-hmm. Really isn't. And people are like, well, you make it like sex is meaningless. Sex is intimate. It's love. <laughs> Tell that to the scientist who tells you that the way your body moves and works is ir- irregardless of how you feel about a person. Mm-hmm. In Jesus after dark. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> no, it's just the reality is it's like yeah. people think because their hearts start pitter pattern that they love somebody. Don't aren't knowledgeable of biology, just simple biology. Just simple biology. Let alone anatomy all of those other things that come along with it come along with so and and i realized that and i know we're over time but the older that i get i realize that you have to know these things you have to know they we grew up with songs they like i get so weak in the knees i can hardly speak i lose all control something's taking over me and you want to say like hey swv you got to go to a science class. <laughs> so you understand what you're experiencing isn't so much love as it is infatuation. Yeah. It propagates a certain physical response. There is a hormone. Yes. That's, that's for that. Yeah. That brother caught you at the right ovulation time and you are just going to town. <laughs> you calm yourself down and not make decisions based on those things. Sometimes people cuss, at, cuss you out and stuff. All of a sudden your hands swell up. Blood rush to your fists. The human body knows what to do, mm-hmm. what it wants to do. But that doesn't mean just because your fists swell up, it's time to swing them. I'm just saying. I'm, t- I'm just hearing it too much now. People like I, they can't let go of all the men they slept with, women, and they like the soul ties are weighing me down. You just want to cut the cord. <laughs> snip, snip, snip. Look at these ties. These ties come right off. Ain't nobody tied a knot to your soul. People wouldn't even want to do that. It shouldn't have shouldn't be able to do that off of 40 second experiences. Stop it. I ain't talking two weeks. So we can tell. We can tell. But good good This was good talk. This was good talk. This was good talk. Um Hopefully I fulfilled my my end. I carry my, my weight. You did. And uh, gave me, we got a little spice at the end. So I'll tell them, if you make it to the end. <laughs> if you make it to the end of this one, you're going to hear something that offends you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Force Hall. That's Charity Hall. Charity Hall. Back at it again. Back at it again. Real Church Matters. Love you guys. Be blessed. <laughs>